The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. dependable 
The ways of God are dependable. In Job 38, verse 33, Job 38, 33, we learned that the word of God says to us, do you know the laws of the universe? The, the ordinances of heaven? Can you use them to regulate the earth? So it means regardless of whatever industry you are in, regardless of whatever trade you, you are in, if you know the ordinances of heaven, you can regulate the earth. Elijah, Elijah, a man said to the king, there will be no rain except at my word. If you know the ordinances of heaven, you won't, <laughs> you won't say what is in the mind of God. You won't, it's not about being popular, it's about what God is saying. In fact, if you have, um, if there's a pastor that is always saying what you like to hear, <laughs> you need to check very well. Though. The ordinances of God, his ways are not our ways. And if you know the ordinances of heaven, you can regulate the earth. If you know the ordinances of heaven, you can regulate the earth. Psalm 103 verse 7 shows us that it is not just about the principles or the formulas. It's about God's heart, God's character. He revealed his character to Moses. Then his deeds to the children of Israel. Moses knew the character of God. So it is not just about knowing the ways and the ordinances and just making things happen. The, the occult do that. Stargazing, they do all sorts of funny things to try and understand the ordinances of heaven. And do they get some results? Of course they get some results. However, if you know just the ordinances, if, if it's only result you're after, you can you land you in hell. I'm telling you. Why? Because if you know just the ordinances, you will get the results, but you may lose your soul. You may get the results. So be careful when you just want the result. You, you may actually get it. That's why Jesus says that what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing worth you selling your soul to the devil for. Nothing. Because if you go to hell, the devil will have won. The devil will not win over you. Say amen in the name of Jesus. So we see here that if you know the formula, the ordinances, as it flows from the heart of the Father, you will never be stranded. If you know the ordinances as it flows from the character of God, you will never be stranded. If you know the ordinances of God, it's like deriving a formula from first principles. We explained all that last week and first principle thinking and all that. If you, if, you, if you knew the ordinances as it flows from the heart of God, you will never be stranded. Which was why Jesus could overcome Satan 
over again and again and again and again and again. You know, Satan said to him in the wilderness, he was hungry. He has fasted for 40 days. And Satan said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, he called the sonship of Jesus to bear. Sons knows the ordinances of their fathers. He says, if you are the son of God, you know the ordinances of God. Turn these stones into bread. Perform a miracle. Convert the stone into a bread. Meet your needs. Perform this miracle. You are hungry. Jesus said, it is not, I'm paraphrasing, this is not what Jesus says exactly, but this is what it means. It is not in God's character for you to turn stone into bread because you are hungry. So, if you didn't know God's character, you didn't know God's heart, you didn't know God's will, you'd be turning stone into bread just because you are hungry. And you can eat bread and go to hell. So he says, Jesus says, so man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God does man live by. Hallelujah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to walk with God. Understanding his ordinances as it flows from his heart. So we see that we established an ordinance last week. And that ordinance is this, that the right seed plus the right soil plus the right conditions equals what? Abundant harvest is an ordinance of heaven. It is an ordinance of heaven. The right seed plus the right soil Plus the right conditions will produce abundant harvest. And we said every equation has two sides. I mean, it's simple. There's the left side of the equation and there's the right side of the equation. Right? So we said we are responsible for the left side of the equation. And God is responsible for the poor plants, Apollo waters. God brings the... So God is responsible for that part of the question. And this ordinance is so, so powerful and so, so important. It may look simple, but believe me, if you walk this, you will never be stranded. I've walked this ordinance for over 20 years. <laughs> believe me. And count it. In fact, right now, I was saying in the second verse experience that I'm in auto mode. Auto mode. Auto, auto. I, I'm just operating. <laughs> it's so powerful that Jesus was teaching his disciples. He was saying to them, this ordinance of heaven, he says to them, the, what we, we know as the parable of the sower, that the, 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 the sower goes, he was sowing seed, some fell on by the wayside, the birds came and ate it up, your seed will not fall by the wayside. In the mighty name of Jesus, some fell among thorns, and they were choked. Your seed will not fall among thorns, in Jesus' name. Some fell on shallow ground, and they could not grow root, because it was shallow. Your seeds will not fall on shallow ground, in the mighty name of Jesus. But it says, some fell on good ground. Your seed will fall on good ground. And, and even good ground has degrees of productivity. Some brought 30-fold, some brought 60-fold, some brought 100-fold. All your seeds 
in the name of Jesus, we bring a hundredfold. Every seed in God's very house, we bring a hundredfold in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and, and Jesus explained the parable of the sower to the disciples. But interestingly, they didn't understand. Jesus explained this ordinance to them. They didn't understand. So when they were alone, the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, that verse 10, that when they were alone later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they said, this is now in a caucus. So they said, asked him. And that parable, or gather one that you were saying, what does it mean? None of us, we didn't understand it. We're just doing the uh, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. We didn't understand it. We're doing that so that everybody will flow. Now we are together. Can you unpack it for us? And Jesus says something that is very pivotal, very huge. Jesus says, and he explained to them that you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. I want you to say, I, Olufemi Monai. I am permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you. When you open your Bible, as you are reading, say to yourself, I am permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Then Jesus went on to say something else that was that's totally huge. And then Jesus said to them in verse 13, if you can't understand this, the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the other parables, the other secrets of the kingdom? In other words, the ordinances of heaven. If you don't understand this, this parable is like, it's like the bedrock for, this, for, for the other secrets of the kingdom. So this ordinance of seed, soil, condition, harvest is key to the kingdom. If you, if you get it, if you get it, if you get it, Boom! You, you stop struggling. If you get it, things are not, are not by accident in your life. If you get it, you know how to make things happen. You, you, everybody's sweating. You're not sweating. Why? Because I, I know what to do. Praise the name of the Lord. And this is so powerful. In whatever area you want an abundant harvest, is this spiritual goal? It's the same formula. The right seed, the right soil, the right conditions, abundant harvest. Is in your finances? It's the same formula. The right seed, the right soil, the right conditions, abundant harvest. Is in your, mat- your marriage, matrimonial harmony? The right seed, the right soil, the right conditions. Abundant harvest. Is it your career? Is it your business? Is it, is it even in the supernatural? It's the same thing. You want to walk in the supernatural? It's the same thing. The right seed, the right soil, the right conditions. Boom. Abundant harvest. So, let's look at our side of the equation. You know, I said there are two sides of the equation. There's the left side and then the right side. Power plants, Apollo's waters, Planting, watering, soil, conditions is man's business. But God brings the harvest. The, 
Abundant harvest is God's business. So let's look at our, our sign. Let's look at the seed. I want to say the seed. You see, many times we have a need in our life, in our lives. We have a need. I need to pay school fees. I need to do this. I need to pay this. I need to pay that. We have needs and needs and needs and needs and needs. But guess what? I'm here to tell you that there is a seed for every need. Every need that exists. And you can clap alone. It's a seed. Every, every need that exists, it is a seed for every need. Everybody say there is a seed for every need. Spiritual growth is a seed for every need. Spiritual growth is a seed. You want to grow spiritually? Read your Bible. You pray. Surround yourself with people that have gone ahead of you. There are things you are grappling with that somebody has dealt with 10 years ago. Why break your head spending three years to understand it when somebody can explain it to you in one minute? There is a seed for every need. Spiritual growth is a seed. You want a degree. You want to be a medical doctor. You want to be whatever. An engineer. You want to be a lawyer. There's a seed. You, there's a seed. You need to, you need to give the seed. Read the book. Pass the exams. Heaven has a need. Heaven has a need. And the need is to send somebody who will represent us, who will go for us. And, and there was heaven, there was a clarion call. Heaven says, who will go for us? Who shall we send? Isaiah says, here I am, send me. There are many destinies that are hanging and have not been fulfilled because there are people that have not giving themselves a seed for the destiny to come to pass. For your destiny to happen, you must respond like Isaiah did. Here I am. Send me. Some of you, you have been called to solve poverty problem in Nigeria until you give your life as a seed. It's not going to happen. Some of you, you've been called to maybe solve a medical problem in the world. Until you give your life as a seed, it's not going to happen. Some of you, you've been called to be maybe the greatest evangelist so, so far. Until you give your life to it, it's not going to happen. Whatever area, is it unhappy marriage? You have an unhappy marriage, there's a seed for it. Sometimes the seed is to keep your big mouth shut. And you will live happily ever after. Sometimes. I'm not saying all the time. Sometimes the seed is to let go of your opinion. Sometimes the seed is to cook the man's food on time. I just saw that seed of delicious. I don't know. I'm not saying that. It's not that sometimes that simple. But there's a seed for everything. I can go on and on. Finances, there's a seed. For every need. Years ago, I was on a project in Port Harcourt. One and a half year project. I spent one and a half years in Port Harcourt. And I was tired of the project. I wanted to come back to Lagos. You know, and all that. And um, so, they agreed for me to come back to Lagos. Now, 
All of a sudden, it dawned on me. Why? Because in Portacos, I had a free house, I had a free car, I had a driver taxi me, and anywhere I could want to go. I mean, it was, that was 2000. I was like 16 years ago. So now, it's time to come back to Lagos. All of a sudden, you know, when you're doing free ride up and down, you know. Now, in Lagos, I don't have a car. <laughs> so you come to me, I have a need. Is it I come to Lagos and be cruising like this Benz? Or I get a miracle. Now, at the same time, because I like media, I put money aside to buy a big screen TV. It was a big screen. Ah. You know, I envisioned how in my living room, I just have that big screen TV, you know. <laughs> and it was a lot of money to me back then. Then, it occurred to me that, Femi, you like to have a TV, but you actually need a car. You see, one of the greatest discoveries you can make in life is to separate between what you like from what you need. If you can't separate the two, is the fastest route to poverty. Separating what you like from what you need. So I saw that maybe <laughs> you just like this TV, this, 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 but you actually need a car. How will you get to work? How will you do that? A, a whole lot of things, you know. So, like I said, I've been working this principle a long time. This was 16 years. Even before then, I've been working it. So, I took the money for my TV. It was not enough to buy a car. I gave it. And I said to God, this is my seed for this car. See, many people, they will buy the TV. They will be troubling heaven for a car. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> so... The company was now giving loans, car loans, car loans. I was like, yes, this is it. My seed has worked, you know. And they gave everyone that applied, the lady before me, <laughs> you know, my colleague, they gave her the car loan. My application was next. They stopped giving car loans. I said, ah, God, but, you know, you know, I sold my seed. I mean, and, you know, I, you know, I, I, I was, was early. Down. I mean, I just started operating, so I didn't really understand how that thing works. Then, you know, I, I, I didn't know how, it, how God told me that, but, you know, God made me understand that, that for you to sow soil condition is your side of the equation. The harvest is my side of the equation. Are you trying to come over to my side of the equation? I said, no, sir. So stay on your side of the equation. Praise the name of the Lord. Many times, we try to play God. You've sown your, you've, you've done your own. Let God be God. So I, I, I said, okay, fine. This is it. I've sown my seed. I kid you not. I came back to Lagos with a new car. I didn't take a loan. I didn't borrow money from anybody. Right now, I need to think hard to even remember how the, I can't remember how the money came. 
God showed me that your job is this side of the equation. My job is that side of the equation. How that comes into play is none of your business. In fact, can I unpack it a little bit? Talk service? Okay, good. In fact, in my work with God, the way God has dealt with me, I have a very imaginative mind. A very, very imaginative mind. You can't even begin to imagine. In fact, it's a plus, it can be a minus. <laughs> so, I've, I've given a seed, I've, I've done something. My mind begins to think through how the harvest will come. And guess what? God showed me, Pepe, everything I think, you make sure that it doesn't come that way. I'm telling you. Every, and imagine how many things. At the time, I stopped. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> and initially, when it first happened, it first everything to a point that in my mind, I'm like, so how are you going to do it? How? Then he showed me that he is God. And I am not. <laughs> and boom, he does it. I'm like, wow, this is a new one. I didn't even think about it. Exactly. My ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. So right now, I don't even worry. And guess what is happening even right now? Can I tell you? Right now, it, it tells me how it's going to bring it to pass. Not every time. Sometimes it does. This is how I'm going to do this. Why? But it took me through that route of everything I thought would not happen. To the place of total dependence. Now, okay, it has to be a work of faith. I'm going to step on it. I'm going to step on the water. To be anointed is the same thing. There is a seed for that need. You want to be anointed? There is a seed. Can you pay the price? Pay the price. Everyone is not in respect of persons. You get anointed. End of story. The problem is we don't want to pay the price. If you want a good relationship, there are certain seeds you don't sow. Proverbs 16, 28 tells us that. You don't gossip and all that stuff. If you do that, you're going to reap a harvest of disastrous relationship. If you sow strife, you're going to reap a harvest of disastrous relationships. As I was preparing for this service, for some of us, what we are reaping, this is the two sides actually, you know, the negative side, but let me tell you the positive side. The negative side I'm going to, I'm going to pronounce over. The, the positive side is some of us, we are enjoying harvest that our parents have planted. And that's a good one. Praise God. But the negative side is that, you know, God was saying to me as I was preparing for this service, was saying to me that some people, their parents, your parents have sown a wind. And the best way to describe what is going on in your life is that it's, it's, the world is a whirlwind. You are reaping a whirlwind. And he says I should command it to stop. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command every whirlwind in every life to come to an end. In the mighty name of Jesus. Boom. So there is a seed for every need. And if you are elementary in this, you, know, you, you, you sometimes you can get discouraged. Those are elementary stuff. Those are kindergarten stuff. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1, says, 
Don't be afraid to release your bread upon the waters. For in due time, you will find it. Let me, let me pause there. Let me, let me explain that. You see, the Bible did not say seed. The Bible said bread upon the waters. You know, and I checked several translations. It was still bread. And I'm like, okay, so what does this mean? Now, let me explain what it means. What it means is this. Back in the day, when a farmer gets a harvest, he separates seed of another harvest from bread that his family will feed on for the year. So he takes the millet, the seed, whatever, he takes it to the processing place, they, they grind it, they turn it, they make it into bread, they eat it, and he has sown his seed. God is saying, even the ones you've set aside to eat, don't be afraid to release it. That now makes sense, doesn't it? If it's normal seed, God will not say, don't be afraid. I mean, you're supposed to sow seed now, so why should you be afraid of sowing it? You know? God says, don't be afraid to release your bread upon the waters. Why? Because in due time, you will find it. Verse 4 says, those who watch and wait for favorable winds will never plant. And those that watch and fret over every cloud, they will never harvest. If you are still worrying, oh, this, I want the conditions to be right. I want everything to be order. You, you won't move forward. So you move forward from where you are. From where you are. Someone has someone said, oh, God knows that if he blesses me, oh, pastor, this thing that he says, we want to build church in this place, we want to build church, I'm going to build all the churches. Yes, you are. But you have to start from where you are. God, <laughs> God has sold you to give pencils for the children's church. Ordinary pencil you have not given. You are telling me, Pastor, God sees my heart. I will be in churches. Give the pencil first. That's, 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 what, that's what the Bible says. Give me, you know, don't wait until the conditions are perfect. Start from where you are. Isaac, the Bible says in Genesis 26 that there was famine in the land in verse 1. It says there was famine in the land, a different kind of famine. In verse 12, you know, when there's famine, the rational thing to do is to hold resources, rational, and rational things, set up structural adjustment programs and all that stuff. But the Bible says in that same year, Isaac sowed. I mean, that is huge. If Isaac observed the wind, and he would not sow. And the Bible says in the same year, he reaped what? A hundredfold in the same year. If you move by the Spirit of God, you will not be stranded. Here is a corn, a, a, a bowl of corn, seeds of corn, rather. And This seed, this seed, as small as it is, so powerful because he has life in it. And this seed, when, when planted, brings a harvest. So without the seed, there can be no harvest. Without this seed, there can be no harvest. Now, if you look at this seed, what do you see? Do you just see corn that 
you will boil or cook with rice. I don't know. Is that what they do? With beans and work. What do you see? What do you see? As you know, of course, in this corn, as you know, is a is a is a is this seed of corn is a is a tree plant of corn, right? And that plant has different combs that has hundreds of seeds, right? And in those seeds are plants. And in those plants are combs. And in those combs are seeds. And in those seeds are plants. And in those plants are combs. And in those combs are seeds. And in those seeds are plants. And in those plants are combs. And in those combs are seeds. So what you have here is actually a plantation of corn. This can you see it? When you look at this, what do you see? A seed or a plantation? You need to begin to look at the seed like that. You need to see the plantation in the seed. Why? Because a seed that is not sown is a harvest that has been denied. When you don't sow the seed, you deny the harvest. When you don't sow the seed, you, you, you rob the plantation. And that's how it is. Now, so this seed is actually the future. This seed is the future. So this seed determines if you are going to eat tomorrow. It determines how tomorrow will be. Praise the name of the Lord. And it is so powerful when you hold the seed in your hand and you need to envision and envision a harvest. You need to envision a harvest. This is the plantation of corn. This, in my hand, is a plantation of corn. But I have a choice. I could. When you eat the seed, you're not eating, you're eating a whole forest. Or I could release it to become a forest. So, what it will be it's actually in your hands. It's actually in your hands. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, Genesis 8, 22, the word of God says that as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never cease. This is not a theory that will expire. This is not Old Testament versus New Testament. <laughs> God is saying as long as the earth remains, I know sometimes it's, it's, it can be painful to, to sow precious seeds when they are precious. And, and the word of God attests to that in, in Psalm 126. Psalm 126 from verse 6. It says, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, everybody say doubtless, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. This year, you are going to be rejoicing. 
bringing the sheep with him. You know, I've heard so interesting teaching. Folks say that, oh, God loves a child, cheerful giver. That is true. That when you give to God, you have to be cheerful. That is good. That is true. That every time you are giving to God, it has to be with joy. Well, preferably, that when you want to give to God and you are sorrowful because of the seed is painful, if that is not God, don't give. That is wrong. Because God says that there are some seeds that when you want to give them, you are like this. This one wants to come back. This one is going good now. You know, as in, <laughs> there is. And the Bible calls it a precious seed. But, so God acknowledges that you can give a precious seed. Crying. God says, even if you want to cry, cry. If you are bringing this, you can say, oh, pastor, he, he, he. drop it. Is, is it not in the Bible? Give it. You know why? Because doubtless, everybody say doubtless, you will come again rejoicing. <laughs> rejoicing. So this is how God is. I kid you not. There was a lady. I tell you this story. Okay, this is not service. Can I tell you? Okay. And so this lady, she's, if you, I mean, she's, she's high up there. She's one of the ladies that people should look up to, young ladies should look up to as an executive. You would think she has all the money in the world. And God laid it upon my heart, my wife and I, to send some money to her. Count. So I sent her a mail, sent her a mail. Big lady. <laughs> she sent me the account number. Interestingly, she has forgotten she has sent me the account number. Again, you see, when God tells you to do something, it doesn't have to make sense. For me, I, we should be giving you money. Do you understand? If you look at life like that, may you never die in poverty. It wasn't a lot of money. So we sent it. She called me. She was like, how did you get my account? I said, you gave me your account. She said, when? She, can't, she couldn't remember. She was like, so this is how God is. She was almost crying. That was, you know, I said, oh, is that Lola there? And she also spoke to my wife, and she was like, ah, God, that this testimony is so huge. How much was the money? For her, it was a huge harvest. What's the point? My point is that for me, for us, it was a seed. It was big for us. When I say how much is the money, I'm not saying it was, it was big for us, but I mean, for someone like that, it should be nothing. Do you understand? And if you look at it in the natural, we should not be the one giving her any money. Some of you, you've missed. Should I tell you something? Should I tell you a secret? Ah. You give up for wealth. You give down for health. Okay. 
get it, Esther. <laughs> you get it now. So, I don't think I said any of the other services. No. So, the more precious the seed is, the bigger the harvest. The more precious the seed is, the more resounding the harvest. David said to Onan, at the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite, David said, Onan, Onan said to David, take the threshing floor for free. Take it for free. Use it for your God. David said to Onan, I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. This big place, you are giving me for free. No, let me pay for it. And David paid for the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. Why? Because he understood that God is not hungry. If you are going to give God, give God something that costs you. So, when you, you will never hear in God's Spirit house, oh, it's time for offering. Look at your neighbor. If they don't have an offering, put something in their hands. Never. You don't hear it here. Why? Because that offering means nothing to them. I know the pastors that say that, they say that's a good heart. They want everybody to give. Yeah, it's good, it's good to give, but don't worry. <laughs> it has to cost you something. Let me tell you something. That threshing floor that David bought I'll tell you about the threshing floor later. I want to stick, stick to my notes. I'm debating too much. Why you, you, do you pray more or what? You seem to suck more from... Anyway, let me just say nine. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 6, 7 to 8. Galatians 6, 7 to 8. The word of God says that don't be misled. Don't let people mislead you. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, that is what he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of other people, ignoring God, will only harvest a crop of weeds. May you not harvest a crop of weeds. All he will have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the great work in him harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. What this Bible is saying is that if you can't, some people are, they are so selfish, they, they are selfish to, them, to, their, to themselves, not even talk about their spouses. They can't, they are not generous to their spouse. You know a selfish man, ask the wife. The wife will tell you if he's generous. I'm telling you. Selfish. Even to, the, to, the, to themselves. They're giving to God. They are, they are giving selfishly. What you cannot, something that if you, it's a, you know some beggars, when you give them something, they will say, ah, I'll go up on all this jeep where you they drive. That only this issue you feel drop. <laughs> they will not even acknowledge it. Then you give it to God. Who are you deceiving? Who are you deceiving? 
God is not mocked. And this is so, so powerful. So, so powerful that we're going to give this seed to everyone in this place. Now, these are not anointed seed. <laughs> they, they have not even been to my car. They've not been to my house. Talkless have been to my prayer room. So, it's not that don't take the seed and go and say, hmm, past, my pastor gave us anointed seed. I told you, that man is anointed. This seed, if you put it under your pillow, ha, Casablanca. <laughs> if you just want to go for that interview, just put this seed in your pocket. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> we are giving you this seed. Now, God can use it in any way he chooses. Don't get me wrong, but that's not the purpose. We are giving you this seed so that you see that in this seed is a forest. A forest. So that you can think about it. You can meditate on it. If you have a study table, put it on your table. Let it speak to you. Look at it. Let God speak to you through it. Put it in your pocket. When you're going to the office, bring it out in the office. So I say this. <laughs> And look at it. And, and you see, your life will change. Why? Because many times, you see, you... Now, I'm sure you know I'm not preaching because we want money. I'm sure you know that. By the grace of God. I'm preaching so that your life can change. Personally, Work this principle year in, year out, day in, day out. But unfortunately, even unbelievers work this principle and they get results. Unfortunately, the only place you see people, they are fasting, they are praying. Breakthrough, receive it, I receive it, I receive it. It's in church. You see people that they want a harvest when they've not planted a seed. And expecting a harvest where you have not planted a seed is criminal. It's criminal. You've not sown the seed, but you want the harvest. God of miracles. Listen. Even God. When God wanted a harvest of sons and daughters, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his only begotten son. Precious. And today, this morning, Sunday morning, all over the world, at least three billion people are gathered in the name of Jesus. That harvest did not happen and who are you to think that by prayer alone 
you can bring a harvest. Come, the seventh of February, in this place today. There's going to be on 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 on. on on, on the Sunday of 7th of February 2016, there's going to be a rain of miracles in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus. But, make sure, depending on where you want a harvest, where you want abundant harvest, make sure your, the rain meets a seed in the soil. Let me tell you what God was saying to me in this service. That when you usually preach about other things, you give people an opportunity to act. When you preach about salvation, you give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus, when you, it's me expanding it. When you preach about everything we preach about, there's always next steps. Since you have preached to services about seed, you have not challenged the people to sow. <laughs> Can you see that? Only in the third service. Who are you people anyway? Where are you from? <laughs> the first two went. It was nothing like that. My point is this. Even God did not violate this principle. You can't. Everything you see today is as a result of a seed of somebody. Everything. Even you were a seed of somebody. Everything. So that's the right seed. Mm. Dinner today. Number two, the right soil. The right soil. And, you know, the seed, if I put it on this table and it can be on this table for five years, nothing will happen. For 10 years, nothing will happen. For 15 years, nothing will happen. Why? Because this table is not the right soil for the seed. If I take this seed and put it in my wardrobe, in the midst of all my clothes, nothing will happen. If I get there in 10 years, I will still see the seed intact. Nothing will happen. Meanwhile, this seed could have produced forest upon forest upon forest. So it depends on where, which area you want an abundant harvest. If it's in spiritual growth, the soil is your heart. The soil, you need to plow your heart. You need to prepare your heart. You need to, it is your heart. If you want harmony in your marriage, the soil is your home. The soil is your home. If you want, if it's your career or your business, this soil is your brain. Personal development, that's the, that's the soil. If it's in the finances, the soil is in people's lives and God's work. That's the soil. And I can go on and on and on. You can mention the area and I can tell you the soil. And your life also is a seed. And guess what the soil of your life is? The soil 
of your life is in God's house. Psalm 92, verse 13. It says, those that are planted, planted where? In the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still be bearing fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Planted in the house of God. Are you planted? Where are you planted? Where are you planted? Are you floating? Are you a floating Christian? Where are you planted? Where are you planted? Where are you planted? Says, oh, but pastor, I've been coming to God's baby house. I don't miss service. Does, doesn't that mean I've plant, I've been planted? Nope. I'm coming every Sunday and you're not planted. Wait a minute. So how can I be planted? Simple. Your first step to being planted is to do the journey. I've said it several times. Is to do the journey. At least the first trip as the minimum. Then get into the life of the church. It's not everybody, well, we're encouraged to, be, to serve and to, to work, but sometimes the season of your life doesn't permit it. We understand that. But you can join a life group. You can be useful in one area. When you are planted in a place, you are useful in that place. So the soil provides three main functions. The soil provides three main functions. Now, get this. Number one, the soil provides a place to die. Everybody say a place to die. The seed no matter how much potential the seed has, the seed remains a seed until it is planted and it dies. Many people are planted, but they refuse to die. Imagine if you plant this seed and you go there and you go and unearth it and you take it, oh, are you still okay? And you put it back. In the following day you go, you unearth it. Oh, I've missed you a lot, you know. Um, I hope it's not too dark in there. And you put it back. And you, I mean, this seed will never grow. When you plant, you need to allow it to die. And you can see this in all the areas. If you look at the marriages, the reason a lot of marriages are hitting the rocks today is because we have people that are in the marriages, but they are not dead to themselves. They are, they are not dead to their arrogance. They are full of pride. Everybody's talking back at everybody. Until you die, you cannot produce except a corn of wheat. Jesus says, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Falls to the ground and dies. Until. The reason a lot of people are not thriving in God's house is simple. They are planted. They are in there. But they are not dead. They still have their own philosophies. They are still saying, oh, Aristotle say, oh, um, Plato say, there's nothing wrong with what Aristotle and Plato says. As long as they are in line with the world of God. If they are not in line with the world of God, throw it out of the window. They're not dead. So, it's, it's one thing to stay and be planted. another thing to actually die. Except the corn of wheat, Jesus says in John 12, 24. He says, I tell you the truth. Verily, verily, I tell you the truth. Unless the kernel of seed 
is planted in the soil and it dies. It remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, plentiful harvest, plentiful new lives. Second Corinthians 4, 12. So death is constantly at work in us, um, Paul says, so that life can be in you. That's the secret of power, lively. You have to die so that life can be produced. So death produces life. Death produces what? Life. You have to be planted. In, in your business, it's the same thing. You have to be planted. Have you ever heard the term, mind your own business? That's what it means. Be planted in your business. In your marriage, same thing. Be planted in your marriage. You can't be putting your eye in other people's houses. Wole, wole. Be planted in your marriage. The ground is green. The grass is green where it is watered. Water your own garden. Praise the name of the Lord. So death leads to life. Number two, the, the, the soil is a place to die. Number two, the soil is a place of stability. It's a place of stability. Why? Because roots are anchored in the soil. If you are not planted and you are not rooted and the wind comes, what will happen? You're blown away. But if you are rooted and planted and the wind comes, you could dance to the wind and after the wind goes, you are still standing upright, planted. No roots, no tree, no tree, no harvest. Planted. It brings stability. To your finances, it brings stability. To your business, it brings stability. To your career, it brings stability. To your life, it brings stability. It's a place, the soil is a place of death. It's a place to die. Number two, the soil is a place of stability. Number three, the soil is a place of continuous nourishment. Continuous nourishment. Water and nutrients enter the plants through the roots via the soil. You know, when we're younger and we're told to water the plants, we'll be pouring the water on the leaves because we want it to be fresh. We want to water the plants. You know, because we didn't know that the water is... So if we knew, we just water the roots. Water actually goes in through the roots. No roots, no nourishment, no nourishment, no fruits, no fruits, no harvest. The soil. Then number three, outside of the equation, finally, number three, is the right conditions. Is the right conditions. Is the right conditions. Now I have the seed. I've put it in the soil. Shouldn't I just fold my hands and let others come? No, it doesn't work like that. In fact, the farmer's work has just started when he planted in the right soil. His work has just started. Why? Because he, he, he needs to provide a growth-enabling environment for the plants, sunlight, water, fertilizer. He needs to provide. In fact, some plants, he needs to shield them. He needs to take them to the green room. He needs to regulate the amount of sunlight that is entering. The levels of acidity of the soil 
alkalinity of the soil, the nutrients in the soil. It is to monitor all that. So you provide an enabling environment. How do I provide an enabling environment for the seed I have sown? You provide an enabling environment. Sun, water, fertilizer, etc. For your seed that you have planted with the words that you speak. With the word. With the word. Hopefully it's the word of God. With the words that you speak. You planted the seed. If, if you keep saying negative things about it, the harvest is going to be corrupted by the words that you speak. By the words that you speak. So, not only does the farmer need to provide an enabling environment, which is so powerful, like a, a pastor, I've shared it before, I mean, as a pastor, that's all really, a pastor really needs to do, one of the things, a lot of things actually, a pastor needs to do, is to provide an enabling environment because the seeds of people's destinies is already in their lives. Your greatness is already in you. So the pastor's job is also to provide an enabling environment. The right sunshine, the right watering, the right nutrients, the right world. And guess what? People begin to fulfill their destinies. That's just how it works. The pastor doesn't create people's destinies, no. God has already put the seed of greatness in everyone. But that seed remains a seed until it's planted Right enabling environment. What, again, does the farmer need to do to provide the right conditions? Now, listen to this. It's very important. The farmer needs to protect against pests, protect against animals, protect against infection, protect, guard the, seed, the, the plantation. Now, the challenge is that when the farmer plants the seed, the farmer actually enters a phase of warfare because it is battle from Planting to harvesting. It's battle. One infection is coming, you are fighting it. Rodents are coming. There are some creatures. They, they, they like to uproot seed and eat it. You need to barricade your farm. So it's a lot of... So you, 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 you mean, Pastor, once I sow the seed and, and it's, it's good soil, can't I just have, expect a miracle? You should expect a miracle as you continually create the right conditions for your seed. So how do I protect my seed? You protect your seed by fighting the fight of faith. The good fight of faith. Pushing back doubt. Getting rid of every form of anxiety and doubt. Everything that is speaking contrary to the harvest you want to see. Fight it back. Faith. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Fight it back. Use the word of God. Fight it back. Fight it back. The seed is in the ground. The seed is growing. Fight it back. Same thing. Pregnancy. Seed is there. The seed is growing. Many times you need to battle to deliver. Why? Because that's just how it is. Praise the name of the Lord. So faith, Hebrews 4.2 says, those people in the wilderness, they heard the word of God just as we heard it, but the message they heard didn't do them any good. Why? They didn't mix it with faith. They didn't mix it with faith. And when we sow a seed, 
We have to be patient. Why? Because different seeds, depending on what God wants to bring, the harvest God wants to bring, different seeds has different, if you will, gestation period. This is corn. Corn, two weeks is up. In 60 to 30 to 100 days, you can harvest. Two to three months, you can harvest corn. But how many people know that corn is not very valuable compared to cocoa? Cocoa is more valuable. Am I correct? But cocoa, when you plant cocoa, you have to wait. It takes three to five years before it begins to produce. Three to five years before it begins to produce. And once it starts producing, guess what? Once you harvest corn, you have to get rid of the whole plant. Is that, is that true? Because it's useless. Once you harvest cocoa, you can keep harvesting for the next 25 years. Harvesting. 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 Believe me, there are certain seeds that I have sown. I am still harvesting today. I sown them over 10 years ago. Harvest is still entering. And I know where it's coming from. Don't be jealous. I'm telling you the truth. Harvest is still coming. And I keep sowing different types of seeds. And harvest is coming. That's why, like I said, I'm in auto mode. I'm in auto mode. Sowing, sowing, sowing. Ripping, ripping, ripping. Sowing, sowing, sowing. Ripping, ripping, ripping. <laughs> it's fun. I made up my mind years ago when I read in the Bible that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I said to God, God of heaven and earth, I'm going to believe your word and I'm going to follow it. If all these things are not added to me, then you're a liar. I'm telling you, that was, don't look at me like that. That was the simplicity of my faith. I was a little boy. But guess what? God has not failed. God has not failed. And he will not fail. And what I'm saying to you is this. Seeking God and his kingdom. You see, that caveat is there, but we don't, we don't. This is for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That caveat is there, the kingdom of God. So, how does the kingdom work? If you want things to be added to you, you need to find out how does this kingdom work? And work it. I was telling you about the treasure floor of honor and the Jebusite. David bought that. He paid the price. He sold the seed of the threshing floor of honor and Jebusite. And he sacrificed to God. When God was going to build the temple of Solomon, guess where he put it? The temple of Solomon is sitting on the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. Yes, imagine the harvest in David's life from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation to generation because he refused to give a seed that doesn't cost him anything. When he was doing it, he was doing it because he wanted to honor God. Though. 
it's, it's not to, it wasn't doing it because, oh, I want to see that we go from there. No, 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 no. You see, let me tell you something. Sometimes when you do something to honor God, the honor God redays you with, you'll be shocked. You're like, what have I done to deserve this? Who am I? Who am I? We are not taking a, any special seed offering. <laughs> Again, for two reasons. Because I'm not, we, are, we are not prepared for it. It's not even in the plan. It's just to teach you. And I'm sure many of us are not prepared for it also. So. However, so that I'm obedient to God, I want to challenge you. You must heard this word. In your heart, decide. Ask God. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I require a seat for this, what will it be, Lord? Tell me. Let him tell you. And do it. And let's see. If he will not do it, it's part of the equation. Again, the greatest seed you can give your life. Isaiah said to God, don't look any further. Here I am. Send me. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. There are people here in this place. You have never given your life in surrender to God. Not at any time have you given your life in surrender to God. Or you've given your life before, like the, the person that is going back to on earth and remove the seed, you have taken it back. <laughs> you gave your life, but you took it back. I said, Pastor, can you pray with me today? Yes, I want to pray with you. Can you pray with me oh, that as I surrender my life to Jesus, yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward, Pastor? No, you don't have to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, and I'll pray with you. But put up, God bless you. Put up, your hand, put up your hand well. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Over there. God bless you. Front. God bless you. Keep your hands up. God bless you. Over your head. Over. Over. God bless you. Instructions are scrolling if you are online. Oh. Father, we thank you. Let's talk to God, the rest of us. Let's, let's just talk to God. Let's say to God, Father, here am I. That this destiny you have called me to fulfill will be fulfilled. I release myself. Here I am.
of everyone that is surrendering their lives to you and those that are giving you their lives back. Lord, we ask that you receive these lives, that they will fulfill the purpose for which they were created in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for everyone here. The grace to operate your ordinances and to control the earth given to us. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.